If you'll turn now with me to Isaiah 63. Actually, look at 64, I'm sorry. 64 verses 1 through 9. We will talk about 63, but right now we're going to read 64. Here's what Isaiah says, the prophet whom God had called, who spoke to all three different situations in Israel, the northern kingdom's deportation, taking away, the southern kingdom's uh, destruction, and then also the, the return. Here's what he says, Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down that the mountains might quake at your presence. As when fire kindles brushwood and the fire causes water to boil, to make your name known to your adversaries, and that the nations might tremble at your presence. When you did awesome things that we did not look for, you came down. The mountains quaked at your presence." From of old, no one has heard or perceived by the ear. No eye has seen a God besides you who acts for those who wait for Him. You meet Him who joyfully works righteousness. Those who remember you in your ways. Behold, you were angry and we sinned. In our sins, we have been a long time and we shall... And sorry, and shall we be saved? We have all become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. We all fade like a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind take us away. There is no one who calls upon your name, who rouses himself to take hold of you, for you have hidden your face from us and have made us melt in the hand of our iniquities. But now, O Lord, You are our Father. We are the clay, and You are our potter. We are all the work of Your hand. Be not so terribly angry, O Lord, and remember not our iniquity forever. Behold, please look We are all your people. It's the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Jesus, we thank you for your word. Bless now this reading of your word. May it be sharper than anything else in our life to cut to the core, to cut through our barriers, to cut to our soul this morning. May your word be quick and alive. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. A lot of our life is lived in such a way as so that people can see. We want to be seen. Nobody wants to move through life unseen. There may be times in your life where you don't want to be seen. Uh, Most of those times are shady moments for you. Because if you're doing things that are right, if you're doing things that are good, you actually want to be seen for those. Most of us, when we do something good, like to pat ourselves on the back. We like to boast in what we've done that's good. Uh, And you know that if I were to 
call you on that. It would only be the kettle calling the pot black um, this morning. We like to be seen. And a lot of our lives, the way we dress, what we do, even at work, even at home, in our marriages, in our relationships, we want to be seen. We long to be seen. And what Isaiah says to us this morning is that the God who we serve, who is the God of the universe, He sees us. We are seen by Him. The first description of God in all of the Bible comes to us in Genesis with Hagar, interestingly enough, where she is about to die with her son Ishmael and God comes and sees them and saves them sends nourishment to them. Remember, they had been expelled from the family because of Sarai's jealousy over the situation that that had happened with Abram. And she says something of God, and it's the first description of God that we have in the Bible, and that is, He is the God who sees me. You don't have to put on a show for God to see you. He sees You don't have to dress up before you come to Him. He already knows what you look like. What your naked soul is like. We do a lot to hide things in our lives. We do. I mean, in a given room without getting too brutal, we hide different bodily fluids and functions. That's why we have bathrooms that are set apart and secluded and private and people don't enter, and doors are shut, and noises are made, and things happen, and but sometimes we even surprise ourselves. I mean, it's, it's how we are. It's how God has made us. It's, and yet we look in here, look around real quick, and just a cursory looking, and you see very nice looking people. And yet, we know ourselves in such a way that even my wife doesn't know me at times. Even your best friend doesn't know you your father or your mother. We like to cover up things, and that's fine. Some things need to be covered up, thank God. (laughs) But we get used to covering up things in our life that we don't want others to see to the point that we never even bring them to God. We never even understand that God is the one who sees us. He is our Father. He's the one who has created us. He sees all things. (laughs) And He sees us from heaven. In, a, in the text here, when you back it up to 15 of, 20, uh, of 63, that's the actual context of what's being said here. It's a prayer. This is a prayer that, that Isaiah is giving. And he says at the beginning of this prayer, Look down from heaven and see from your holy and beautiful habitation. And this is exactly what we call God to do for us. See my condition. Now, sometimes we try to cover ourselves up, but sometimes we get to a point where we absolutely need help. This is what makes it so awkward at a funeral. This person that you know, this person that you've been with and seen and felt and touched and heard is lying there lifeless in front of everyone and it's awkward, it's weird, it's not normal. And nobody would want to be in that situation and yet we put people in that situation. 
You see, there's a tension between us. We want to be seen and we don't want to be seen. Part of it is our self and part of it is our sin. Part of it is the image of God. We live for another. This is why we've been created. This is why God has created us to begin with is because we are for another. We're meant to see another, love another, be with another. And this is why God's Son has come from heaven to earth. And this is what we celebrate in Advent. This is what Advent is about. Advent is a Latin term that means coming. Christ's coming. Both His first Advent, which is in His flesh, disguised as the rightful King, as C.S. Lewis paints the picture in, I think it's chapter 4 of Mere Christianity at the end, He says the king has landed, you might say landed in disguise. And the enemy only wants to prevent us from coming to church because he knows that's where we get our secret information from heaven in order to sabotage the enemy. He lands in enemy-occupied territory, much like the special forces do, and trains up a rebellion in the enemy-occupied territory, him leading the way, and he being the first to die. He being the first to train. And then we subsequently train those who are rebelling against this world. He's the rightful king, but the first time he comes, he lands in disguise. The first time he comes, he is clothed in the flesh, hidden in the flesh, in this body, this body that we cover things up and we look nice and this and that. He came with all the things that we come with. Headaches, stomach aches, fears. You cut him, he would have bled. And he did. He sees from heaven, but he also sees from earth through the eyes of a human, through a body that was given to him by Mary. This is the significance of Mary. Even She, in our bulletin here in the picture, is at the very center of the picture with Christ. Why? Because He doesn't get a body out of the air. He gets it from another human person. He went through gestation. That's apparently what it means to be a person, is to go through gestation. He went through birth. And He went through life, and He went through death, fully human. He sees not just from heaven but He sees from earth and He also sees from within. The Holy Spirit comes and lives in us. There is no question if He sees from heaven, if He sees from earth, He sees also from within, from the depths of our heart. The things, the alleyways, the darkened places in our lives that no one else has seen, that we've done perfectly a good job of covering up or of acting or of not showing at all, He sees. His light shines in our hearts in such a way that nothing is hidden. Everything is exposed. What the Bible claims about God's coming in a way is summed up in 2 Peter chapter 1 says this, and this is written by a disciple of Jesus, someone who lived with Him, 
walked with Him, saw Him, heard Him. For we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we were eyewitnesses to His majesty. For when He received honor and glory from God the Father, and the voice was born to Him to, by the majestic glory, quote, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this very voice born from heaven. God sees from heaven. For we were with Him on the holy mountain. God seeing from earth. And when... Sorry, and we, talking about now, after He has ascended, we have something more sure than hearing God and seeing God in person. We have something more sure. What is it? The prophetic Word to which you will do well to pay attention. (laughs) An understatement. As to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns, and the morning star rises in your hearts. Because of God's coming to us, because He saw our peril, He saw our situation, He saw that we were bleeding out, He saw that we were helpless without Him, He came. He saw from heaven and responded on earth and then sends the one to the core of the problem who is me. I think it was G.K. Chesterton who said, the world would be a lot better place if it wasn't for me. We can blame others, but at the end of the day, a lot of times, it's me. He came so that the light can shine into our darkness. And yet, we try to do what our first parents did and hide from God. As if He doesn't see. As if He doesn't know. And even in our prayer life, we come to Him covering ourselves rather than opening our hearts to Him. Our bodies in obedience to Him. You see, the good news is this. The dawn has broken. The light has come. Breaking dawn for a cultural significant... uh, Note, but it has. Have you ever been in a situation where you were longing for the light of the morning? Maybe it was last night for you with a kid up. There's something about when the light breaks over the horizon and morning is here. The good news of the gospel is this morning is here. Open your eyes, as Baz read from Mark. Awake, do not sleep, be on a watch. Wake up. The morning is here. I remember camping out with my brother and three other friends on the Appalachian Trail. And man, the last night was a horrible one. We 
were out of water where we were, and the water hole that was on the map was actually dried up. And so we had to, we had to hike another two and a half miles at night uh, to get to the next water source because we, we didn't have, I mean, it was the last day, we didn't pack that much, and we were filtering it as we went. And uh, we got to the site, and there were some other people there, and so we get, did our water thing. And that night, there was a terrible thunderstorm that came up, and we were actually on a mountain. We were probably 9,000 feet up. And if you've ever been in a thunderstorm at that height, you're actually in it. Um, and the thunder, it would roll down the mountainside. It was an amazing type of sound. I'd never forget it. And, and Justin and I both woke up, obviously, in this electrical storm because you're thinking, I'm on the ground. I'm by a bunch of trees. You know, <laughs> These are not things that are good in an electrical storm. And it's very dangerous. Uh, very dangerous situation and the night would light up for a second and we'd both look at each other clear as day and then it would go pitch dark and I prayed out loud for me and him and for our friends and people in that little camp and uh, it was a long night to say the least and it was refreshing even though I wasn't well slept (laughs) well rested Uh, it was an amazing feeling to know that the morning was here Maybe in the storms of your life, in the trials of your life, you know what it means to want the morning to come, to wait for it, and to know it's here. My friends, the good news this morning is that Jesus Christ has come. He's landed. Not everybody knows it. It wasn't printed on the front pages of the Judean Times. It wasn't all over Fox News the morning He came. But He came in disguise. He came in the flesh. And He came and that's when morning broke. That's when the rays of light and of hope and of salvation broke forth. The dawn has broken. The night has ceased. And now things have turned. Can you see it? Are you awake The Scripture calls us to keep watch. More than watchmen wait for the morning, so we ought to watch and wait for God, for Christ. Remember, the, this light also represents the virgins who waited for the wedding with their lamps who had to have and make sure they had enough oil to continue to burn. I've watched several chick flicks in the past week. This happens when I hang around with my wife a lot. She always has something on. And one thing you notice in these chick flicks, these love stories, and I, I try to analyze, you know, when I watch movies. I, I know that the author's trying to tell me something, so I'm, I'm trying to learn from him in some way and take what I can. And one thing is, in order to be loved, you have to be seen. That's, that's a lot of times what most of a movie, a love movie, is actually about is either the girl or the guy trying to be seen by the other. Maybe they see them every day physically, but they don't really see them. At times in Jessica and I's relationship, we see each other every day. Sleep in the same bed with each other every night. And yet I miss her. 
I don't really connect with her. It's just kind of a passing thing. And sometimes we have to stop and just really look into the other's eyes and say, I see you and I love you. There's something about seeing people that is really difficult. Just as Bob was expressing to us in his testimony, he can see this person, but did he really see them? What's really going on? It's not some kind of metaphysical, philosophical thing here. It's a reality in your life. You can live with somebody and yet not really see them, miss them. And it happens to us with God. We are used to not being seen or we make up a God in our mind who is not real. He's calling us to see Him. He's calling us to wake up. He's calling us to look toward the light this morning. Keep watch, my friends, for He's going to come back. As sure as He came the first time in the flesh, He will come the second time as the Lion of Judah with His sword coming out of His mouth because it is the Word of God. As Bob mentioned, He doesn't come the first time with a sword or to make war, but He will the second time. The first time wasn't a big show. The second time will be And this second time is our hope. You see, it's almost like we're stuck at the morning. The full sun hasn't broken yet, but it will. We do see the rays of the kingdom of God lighting up our universe. But the full sun has not borne down on our humanity. One day the full sun will break forth, will break in, and there will never be night again. There will be no darkness ever again. There will be no no more cancer, no more depression, no more anxiety, no more sin, no more fear. The darkness will be eaten by the light. the full sun will bear down on our reality. But until that day, these rays of hope, the light that Christ brought forth in His first coming, breaks out even into this room this morning by the testimony of believers that has been tracked down all the way to Jesus Christ Himself by our witnesses, by people who have witnessed to God in their life. Today, you can experience God in your life. Do you have dark areas in your life? Are you in the middle of the storm now? Are you waiting for the dawn to break, the light to shine forth in your heart? Have you laid your life before God? Are you sick? and in need of help this morning. If you are, 
submit to God. Lay your very body and life before Him. And He will save you. Confess His name. This is what Isaiah says here. No one has called upon your name and no one embraces you. This morning, call on His name. Jesus, save me. Jesus, put your hope in me. And embrace Christ. As Psalm 2 says, kiss the Son. And lay your life out before Him. It's the only way to salvation. It's the only way to new life. It's the only way for His light to shine forth in your life. If you want to do that this morning, you can choose to pray in your seat, or you can choose to come here and kneel before an altar. Sometimes it takes us doing something bodily to show ourselves spiritually what is needing to happen. Kneeling before God our Maker. And so, you have the opportunity this morning as Rachel comes and is just going to lead us in a short chorus of song. Submit to God. Know His hope. Know the light of Jesus Christ in your life on this first Sunday of Advent. Amen.